What's up, y'all? It's AJ Andrews, and I am so, so excited that you are now listening to my very first episode of Barrier Breaking Women, where you're going to hear some of the most amazing stories of overcoming adversity and relentlessness from the most phenomenal women who are blessed with melanin or characteristics outside of the status quo in sports. I really wanted to launch this podcast during Women's History Month because I know that it is so important to celebrate amazing women doing amazing things in sports. Women in sports don't get talked about enough, especially those amazing women that, again, are blessed with that melanin. And I want to showcase the women who are empowering the next generation to change the it is what it is mindset to it is what I make it talking about all that they've overcome and all that they've done to reach their success, but also all about their small, mellow wins. I know if you're sitting here listening, thinking, what is a mellow win? Well, a mellow win is celebrating the small wins and highlighting those small milestones that we achieve every single day, but we never take the time to sit back and realize. It's that 1% better that we do every day. We get 1% better at anything and everything every single day, but we always look to the bigger picture that we never celebrate the small ones. And this, with your mellow win, is celebrating those small wins and those small victories. When I think about my mellow win and something that I felt like was something I really achieved, maybe small, but a huge mellow win for me today was rest, rest. For me, I'm someone that loves to just be on the go. I feel like If I'm not always moving, I'm not doing something. I have a big fear of just feeling like I'm missing out. And for me, being able to take that two to three hours to just relax, to allow my mind to decompress, to just chill, that was a huge mellow win for me because it was like I hit a reset button. I'm resetting my mind, resetting my body, and able to really focus on the next goal or the next thing that I want to achieve. That is my small victory. That is my mellow win. And to start off, we're going to be talking to one of my close friends, Blake Bolden, who's a professional hockey player and scout for the NHL. She is someone who is making the goals on and off the ice. This is the Jackie Robinson of hockey, and she is killing the game. And so excited for you to listen to this interview. Here we go. For today's episode of BBW, I am joined by the amazing, the flawless, the (laughs) slickest on the ice that you ever did see, gold medal winner in under 18 world championship for Team USA, All-American from Boston College, Canadian Women Hockey League and National Women's Hockey League hockey player, and now NHL scout, the one, the only, Blake Bolden. What's up, girl? <laughs> What's up? What's up? Uh, thank you for that intro. That was dope. You're dope. You crush it every time. <laughs> it's easy to do when you're just so amazing. I don't know. You give me <laughs> you give me the content. I just spit it out. Like, I want to ask you, as a beautiful Black woman, all the accomplishments that we go through each and every day that we sometimes don't take a second to even think about, gosh, I really got this stuff done. How yeah. did you mellow in this week? You know, I got some box braids, some knotless box braids this week, and I'm feeling fly for the first time. I'm never going back to regular box braids, but yeah, I mellowed with the box braids today. 
Now I'm <laughs> with the box braids, feeling good. When I tell yeah. you, there's nothing like getting your hair done and just and just feeling good once it's done. Uh, yeah, I feel great. <laughs> like as an athlete, someone that's always on the go. I know you're just on a plane. We're always moving. We're always grooving. Athletes on the go. I want to get up in your business. I spill the tea. Spill it. I'm ready to spill it. Do you have a power song that is like your go-to song to get hype and get ready before mm. any match? Oh, this is going to be embarrassing, but I like, hello, good morning with P. Diddy and Timberland. I think the beat with Timberland is just great. So all Timberland songs, Missy Elliott, I'm a 90s baby. So yes. I throw it back. I throw it back to that. I love that. <laughs> My teammates be looking at me like, um, what the hell is that? I'm like, you don't even know. You don't. I'm fat for me. I do the same thing. I literally listen to <laughs> '90s R&B to get oh, myself pumped up. See, I, I love don't that. know why it fires me up though. Listen it to a little like John you, B. Yes, <laughs> it don't even have to be rap. It's just like no, you know, I'm feeling smooth. Yeah, some you know, fall in love music to just <laughs> fall in love with the game. <laughs> All right, what is your hack? As an athlete, one thing that you seem like it just there is no time to get things done, but you find a way. What is something you figure out in your day to day life as an athlete? I got to meditate because that's what gets me through the day. So you got to take some breaths for yourself so you can give and serve other people. So you got to take care of yourself first. Yeah. Hack. Meditate. Hack. You meditate. <laughs> I know you do. I do. I was going to ask you what time of day do you do in the morning or do you do it at night? I like to do it first thing in the morning. And then if I don't do it, I, th I feel my day getting crazy, you know? I completely agree. I had started meditating at night and I'm like, yeah, this is very relaxing, but my mornings are so hectic. I just need mm -hmm. to get back to my, my morning routine. Yes. And it's hard when you're traveling all the time. So you just put on insight timer, throw on them headphones, take a few breaths, and then you just fall into it. That is Blake's hack to keep moving and grooving if you are an athlete on the go. Blake, do you have any game day rituals or superstitions? I think I got to look fly, like when I'm <laughs> pulling up to the ring. <laughs> like I got to feel good to play good, like for real. So whether that's some J's with a Pico and a nice hoodie, like I just got to feel swaggy so I can do what I do on the ice. I love that. My game day ritual is just look better than everybody else. That's it. <laughs> There's no competition. I just got to feel good. <laughs> no, exactly. I need to make that my ritual. I don't, I do not think that way. You always look good. You always look good. Hey, <laughs> girl, don't gas me. All right, last one. What is your most embarrassing moment and what did it teach you? My most embarrassing moment on the ice for sure you mentioned CWHL. We won the CWHL championship, right? Everybody gets to pass around the trophy, put it over their head. I'm all excited. I'm like, yeah, 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 we won. I trip over the red carpet that the person brings the trophy out to the captain. And I just barrel roll with the trophy and I'm like trying to keep it up. Like don't hit the ground. And everybody's <laughs> laughing at me. Fans are leaving pointing at me and laughing and I'm like oh my god that was so embarrassing but I tried to keep it cool I tried <laughs> oh, but okay but you didn't scratch the trophy right the trophy no, was good I didn't scratch it I didn't break it I was like this is my baby <laughs> um what I learned from it 
embarrassing things happen and who who cares i just won you're a winner as long as you're a winner just keep it moving so yes if you're ever embarrassed it's a lot better to be embarrassed and a champion (laughs) champion (laughs) trump card (laughs) all right blake thank you for letting me get up in your business i want to pivot a little little bit because here we're talking i'm talking all these barry breaking women but these amazing Barry Brick women who are of color. And we go through so many different circumstances on our way to success. And sometimes we don't take a step back to realize that, or we are forced to realize that we are different at a very, very young age. I want to know when is the first time that you really fell in love with your skin and who you are? Oh, wow. You know what? I think the first time... I fell in love with my skin as when I was in high school. I was always trying to blend in. I was playing on boys hockey teams. So I wanted to be one of the boys and I wasn't really touching into my femininity and knowing how to do my hair. But then I started like putting on a little bit of makeup for proms in high school and feeling really beautiful. I also went to a prep school that I was the only black person there for four years straight. And so I just basked in my difference and I was like, I'm cool. I don't care. Like, I'm going to bring what I got to this school and let you guys know what it is. And that's when I think I really fell in love with myself and my skin. Being the only one and having to navigate that, but still knowing that you are beautiful in your melanin. Sometimes you just got to, your mama's got to tell you that you're beautiful and you just got to hold on to it. And that's what she did to me. And I was like, wow, look at me. Look at you. Stare in the mirror. Say, look at you. (laughs) I love that. No, but that really is necessary. Those days where, especially when you walk around and you feel like, all right, I am going to be the only one that looks like me in this space. But you know what? You are worthy, you are valuable, and you are beautiful. All right, let's go. Amen. (laughs) Self-talk. Blake, all the amazing accomplishments you've had in hockey. How were you first introduced to hockey? I was a six-year-old little girl, and uh, my mom was a single mom, and she met uh, a guy who I now call my father, and they cultivated a beautiful relationship. He was Caucasian. His favorite sport was ice hockey, and for our bond, he used to take me to uh, professional games in Cleveland, Ohio, where I'm from. And I was just like, yo, that is the sickest sport. It's mad fast. It's physical. And it was something that I just wanted to try. So from that moment, I went to play it against sports, immediately grabbed all the equipment I could find, brought it home to my mom. And she was like, wait, what? (laughs) What are we doing now? And uh, my dad was like, oh, yeah, no, we're going to put her on the ice like next week. It'll be great. (laughs) It's going to be great. First of all, yes, I've never been to a hockey match, but I heard they are. It's one of like the most fun events to ever go witness. So I Mm -hmm. have to go. Hopefully my first one can be like with you, but I would absolutely love that. It's fun. It's so fun. When you first stepped on the ice, what was your immediate thoughts? I don't remember my immediate thoughts, but I remember my emotion was probably like, what did I get myself into? (laughs) Like, this is way harder than it looks because they make it look so easy flying around, spinning, skating so fast. And I had to learn quickly because a lot of kids start when they're 
walking. If their parents played the sport or loved the sport, they're like, oh, I'm going to get my kids in some skates at two years old. So I was already a little bit behind the ball and I didn't know how to stop on my left side for the first two years. So that was like very challenging just to learn how to skate. So I was just like, okay, well, we're doing it and I'm having fun. But this is harder than I thought it was going to be. Golly. I remember the first time we get on the ice, but it was like at the mall. You know, I was probably like <laughs> 13. <laughs> no competition Yo, needed. Girl, we were on the ice and you looked good. So I know. And I just see, it just took me some time when we got on that ice together. I was like, listen, yeah. I just need like, I mean, it took the entire time. So like an hour, but still. <laughs> if you're athletic, you can do it. You can do it. That's what I kept telling myself. Like, I want to know while you were playing hockey, because hockey is very, very much a predominantly white sport. Did you experience any racism when you first got into the game? Yeah, I I did a little bit, but more so when I started playing very competitively. I was on this AAA boys team and they were like the top boys team in the entire state. So when I was on that team and parents were very invested in their children's success, and I was competing against their sons and quite frankly, kicking their butt, they weren't happy about it. So a lot of times I'd get things in front of the net. Kids would be upset that I'd knock them on their, you know what, or parents in the stands would say things. And because my dad or my father figure was white, who introduced me to the sport, he would hear all of these things thinking that, you know, he wasn't associated to me because of the color of his skin. And I would overhear my parents discussing how crazy it is that adults could be so malicious towards uh, children. And my mom would always say, you know what, that's where they get it from, their parents. And that's not an issue with you. That's an issue with them. And so as soon as I knew that it was it wasn't something that I took so heavily. I'm just going to ask, how do you even compartmentalize that and just kind of throw it out to focus on the eyes did it ever distract you I guess it, I mean hockey is a very emotional sport like you just go in and everything's physical and in your face at times but I was having so much fun developing my skills and my mom had to mature me earlier than I, I would say a normal kid playing in the sport where I was the only one a lot of the time so I had to grow up a little bit faster and, and get woken up to the world that we live in. And so I had the tools and a strong mother to help guide me. And most of the times I would use that as fuel to go score a goal or, you know, be physical because I could get that out in the sport that I was playing. So it wasn't uh, something that I would go home and cry about at the end. It was like, I took back a W and a win or a goal or a point, or I just knocked them on their butt. So that was that. Oh, you got something to say? Meet the ice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember me playing softball growing up when I was younger and more, it really happened more so in high school. But being that softball is a very white sport as well, there are many times where I felt like I had to consistently prove myself or I was given less chances, less opportunities to be great because mm-hmm. of the color of my skin. Did you ever feel that pressure that you had to perform or else this might be it? Oh, yeah. I mean, when I started playing on the national team and the national stage, I felt like a lot of people were kind of the same. You know, it was like a yes, a yes coach kind of 
culture and no one really wanted to step out and be themselves or be an individual. And I would come to camps with my J's on. I would come to camps just with looking like myself, you know, and I think that was perceived as she's not a part of the team. Maybe she's not team focused because she's not aligning with our ideologies. And I was actually called uncoachable, which is like the worst thing you can say about a child or, you know, a teenager. It's like, that's not me. You just didn't take the time to get to know me. You assumed because I have my own identity. Wow. I'm thinking of a, once you said that, I'm thinking of a exact circumstance in which that kind of happened to me where I'm running around the bases and I'm just being a a big daredevil. I end up getting out, Mm -hmm. but the coach comes up to me after the game and was almost as if he told me, I don't know if you are a real softball player or are you just fast Mm. and had everything to do with, again, me being, if this was a a white athlete, right. I don't think that that comment would have been made. And Mm -hmm. so it was just kind of one of those sombering moments where it's like, I am just doing all I can to be this great athlete. And, you know, you feel like you're just being reeled back and Mm -hmm. you don't even really understand why. Yeah. And you don't. And that's where, the lines get a little blurry. It's like, is that racist? Or you just like, what's going on here? (laughs) Literally, it's like, and I don't think until I got older, did I really understand kind of the gravity of the conversations that were being had with me and some of these people. Yeah. And, And now you're aware of it. And now you can spot it sooner. Right. And now you can interject yourself and be like, "Mm, no, 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 no. (laughs) what gave you that confidence to just be yourself no matter what it just took time because it wasn't always there it definitely was not something that I woke up with it just took the experiences that I've been through and for me to decide I can go one way or the other and I just chose the route of being happy with myself and trying to be ambitious in the sport that I love and I think when you think about it that way good things come to you and then you can take more confidence as you go, you know, and there, there are obviously going to be bumps in the road, things that don't go your way. But like I said, there's always a way to respond to something. And I just choose to respond the way that is best serving me. And mm-hmm. I think positively. Are you a poet? That was very poetic. Oh, thanks, girl. <laughs> no, I couldn't string a haiku together to save my life. <laughs> But honestly, that is really an amazing outlook to think about how I can either take what is being said to me and allow it to weigh me down, or I can use that to elevate me up to continue to move towards what's actually serving me rather than those that do not. I think it's a hard mentality to sometimes to really attach to, but once you do, I think that's what really keeps you moving forward. Yeah, I I don't think any level of change comes through ease. You know, you've got to go through some things to learn about some things, you know. So if I was just given this space or this platform or if everything was easy, then what would have it all been for, you know? You are someone that is a trailblazer through and through. I want to ask you, what is Black Girl Hockey Club? Black Girl Hockey Club is a nonprofit organization that basically creates a fandom or fan base of diverse fans in the sport. A lot of people go to NHL games or any sort of hockey games 
of color and they realize that there's me in this section here and then there might be a color person over in that section over there. So it just kind of brings everyone together and say, hey, listen, you're not alone. This sport is for you. You know, she'll give you the red card treatment. You'll go to different games uh, or series in the NHL. She supported me when I was in the all-star game in the National Women's Hockey League, which was really special because I had like a whole roll of people that were (laughs) screaming my name. So it's founded by Renee Hess. I should have mentioned that earlier. And she's from Riverside, California, which is easy for us to connect. And she's done great work. I mean, she has scholarships for young black girls who want to play hockey, mentorships for them. And, you know, she's just doing it because she is a true fan. Right. And that's good that we have someone like her to provide access to the game. That is absolutely amazing. Is it, is it ever too late? Can I join it? Absolutely. <laughs> there is, there is, yeah, there's all inclusive here. You don't even have to be of color. It's just a space for people that are, are of color to come and watch the games together and just to share ideas and connect and network. It's really cool. I love that. What do you hope to accomplish for young Black girls that are interested in hockey? I just hope that, you know, it's not something that's as challenging, that it's just something of an idea and then they can have that idea to play hockey and their family or their friends won't look at them and say, why are you choosing to play hockey? That would be a goal of mine, just to to spice it up, you know, spice it up a little bit, have a little bit more color in the game. But like I said before, those things take time. They take generations. And I can just be the best role model that I can be in this space right now. A TikTok trend where it's like, add a little bit of spice. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. Right. <laughs> exactly. For you, being someone that has broken so many barriers, being someone that has, again, navigated those emotions of whether it's racism or self-doubt and being able to pick yourself up time and time again. What do you want young Black girls that do want to get into hockey, want to be professional, want to be elite? What should they know? They should know that they need to be their individual selves and to keep it that way. Because if you try to mold yourself into something that you're not, you're not going to feel good inside. And then you're not going to figure out who you truly are. And then you can't serve your community or even serve yourself. So I would just say, just be authentically you. I would say, find your circle, find your people, find your support and support and people that are around you. Find mentors like myself or someone else that you look up to in the game. Because I think that's very important for you to have someone that you can look up to so you can aspire to be whoever. Great advice. Always be authentically you. There's no one that can do what you do better than you. There's no one else on the planet but you. I feel like I I preach this all the time. It's an an easy thing to say. Just be you, girl. Literally, (laughs) whatever that is. With you dropping knowledge bombs right now, what do you feel like is your I wish I knew then what I know now? That's hard because... For me, and this is probably not even answering your question, I I don't wish I knew anything because I wouldn't have changed anything. So if I knew that the world was crazy, maybe I would have scared me. (laughs) You know, maybe I wouldn't have wanted to walk down that path. But like I said before, I think just trying to figure out who you are is the most important thing. And that will take time. So start earlier and don't be 
blinded by other people or what's on social media. Just try to surround yourself with real things. Authenticity. Surround yourself. Real recognize real. (laughs) We keep going. Like, I want to get into melanated and celebrated celebrating all things black and brown women in this sport and i was reading up on this 12 year old girl her name is amir hondras and she was the first girl in the 13 year history of the chicago white Sox amateur city elite travel program it's called ace and it was created to provide travel baseball opportunities for under-resourced chicago communities and increase Uh participation in the sport among african-american youth amira was the only girl at the baseball team tryout and she made it go ahead amira heck yeah that's amazing what advice would you give this young trailblazer like yourself I mean, she already doing it. It doesn't even seem like she needs advice. She's doing the darn thing. I would just say, keep going, keep pushing, keep striving. Don't be afraid of what's in front of you. Just do it and do it your way. Do it your way. Be yourself. Mm-hmm. Speaking of first, I don't know if you guys understand or even realize who we're actually talking to right now. This is Blake <laughs> Bolden. She has donned the Jackie Robinson of women's hockey as she was the very first Black player drafted first round to the Canadian Women's Hockey League and the first ever, ever (laughs) to compete in the National Women's Hockey League. Like, what does it mean to you to be the first and to always know that you knocked down that barrier? It means a lot, really. It means a lot. One, because, well, luckily I was born in this era to be to be the first. Right. It's I think eventually someone would have been the first and I'm just blessed that it could have been me. But, you know, when I see young black girls that are inspired and when I see that they have someone to look up to, as I did not for most of my career, I think that's beautiful. And that's what means the most to me out of being a first is that there is a path for other people to come up behind me and stay. We're not going anywhere. Not going anywhere. I think that that is the most important part about being a first. You basically open a door for someone else to feel like they can too, right? Mm -hmm. Seeing you accomplish what you're accomplishing is like, oh, this really can happen. I can do it. And I think it takes a really strong-minded person, especially someone that probably had to endure some of the same experiences, you being Don as the Jackie Robinson of hockey. I imagine maybe some experiences you also shared with Jackie Robinson in regards to sometimes it being a little bit more complicated being that very first. Yeah, you know, I I think the first, like Jackie Robinson, Willie O'Ree, Angela James, like those are our people that we look up to in a sport, right? Like I'm a millennial essentially, right? I have it way easier than they ever had it. So I just take it as it goes. And like I said, I'm just happy that I was born in this era to be this person in the sport. And uh, all I can do is give back to it. You are giving back in more ways than one, Blake. But not only were you the first in this space, but you are also extremely dominant. 
<laughs> As representing the Buttes, reclaimed your hardest shot title in 2019 in WHL All-Star Skills Competition and was also yep. awarded Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> I want to, I feel like I'm going to ask this question, but I feel like I already know the answer when it comes to how you're able to just continue to persevere through everything. Is it just being your authentic self? It's a little bit of that, but it's also setting some goals. Like you can't just walk into a season and be like, well, I hope I do well this year. <laughs> I, uh, before coming back to Buffalo, I was in Switzerland for seven months and I came off a tear of a year. Like I just scored more points than there were games that season. So I was very confident when I came back to Buffalo and I told myself, I want to win the Isabel Cup. I want to be defensive player of the year. I want to go back to the all-star games and win my hardest slap shot again. And I did two out of the three of those things. But if you don't set goals, it ain't happening. And when you do set those goals, do you set long-term goals, short-term goals? What is really your idea for how you're going to get to achieve the accomplishments you want? Yeah, I set short-term goals uh, to start, right? Like what are the little things that I can do to get to that? So for... For me, it was I needed at least a single point a game to be in the running to becoming defensive player of the year, or I needed to continue to take shots to have the hardest slap shot. So that's just repetition. That's just hours of hard work. As you know, I see you on your Instagram catching fly balls, doing the darn thing, like also not getting scored on because I'm a defenseman and that is my number one job. So I just set those goals and then I actually, after the games, I would rewatch the whole game and analyze what I could have done better, what I shouldn't have done, what I should have done. And I think that really helped me to just progress throughout the season. I think, I feel like I tell so many young athletes now what it is they can do if they can't get outside or go practice or whatever it is. There's so much you can do for your mental game or even just mm -hmm. the preparation involved as far as looking at film, watching old video focusing on how you can build yourself up to be a better player so that when you step out on the ice or on the field, you're already ready. Yep. That and looking really swaggy when you pull up to the game. I mean, that, you will that's never just a given. go wrong with that. <laughs> yes. Like speaking of goal setting, I don't know if this was in your long-term goals as well. Mm -hmm. You are the very first black woman to yep. have a job of an NHL national hockey league pro scout. Talk yep. to me about the significance of this opportunity. It's just one of those things, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a first and you're like, okay, I'm up here. Let's do it. Yeah. It was actually a serendipitous opportunity. I was with black girl hockey club at the Los Angeles Kings game at Staples center. And I ran into the president, Luke Robitaille, who actually asked me if I was interested or had ever thought of being a scout. And at that point, I hadn't, but I knew I could do it because I know hockey and I've been playing it for over 20 years. So when that rolled on, I was like, OK, this could be a nice segue from playing into representing an NHL franchise. And so I went through my interview process. It was, you know, keeping it cool as a cucumber, being confident in a room full of white males and I got it and it was great and I'm happy about it. I think I've gotten a lot of positive external validation for it, but I think it's well-deserving. And, and now you're seeing all these women representing sports, baseball, football, basketball in the front offices, and especially with hockey, it's just needed so much 
we got to do it externally and internally so that people feel comfortable when they're inside of our game. And that know that you can, you can be a woman and be a scout for men, right? It's the same game, just there's nothing that separates in which why you cannot do this. And I think that that's what so many people are realizing in so many different sports. And I want to ask you though, you got those box braids in. First of all, are you able to wear those under your helmet? Yes. And two, stepping into those boardrooms with all of those white men, are we still going to be rocking the box braids? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I just unapologetically you, you know, like this is a style and I can make this look classy. I can make this look swaggy. Do whatever you want. They box braids, you know? And yeah, I checked. They fit under my helmet. (laughs) (laughs) I think for so long, and we talked about all the women, you being one of them that are breaking down those barriers of what women are supposed to do, how we're supposed to act or what we can and cannot do in this world and in this society. And we are now changing the mindset of it is what it is to know. It is what I make it. And Mm -hmm. I want to know what is one moment that you or not really even you, but could be you, but someone else doubted you or told you what you could and couldn't do. And you proved them wrong. I would say the the previous uh, national team coach, when she told me that, you know, she wasn't bringing me back. I'm uncoachable. You know, for, for me, I took that really hard. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I am totally misconstrued. This is not who I am, right? I'm a good player. I work hard. I show up every single day giving 100%. So when I got cut, it took me probably four years to become confident again in myself. And throughout that four years, I was angry. I was so angry and I was working hard in the gym and I was taking slap shots to just release anger. So for me, that that was probably my biggest like letdown because my goal when I was six years old was to be the first black Olympic player to represent the national team. And when that was taken away from me, I was like, you know what? I'm going to still get on the big stage and my time is right now. So there you go. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> Like, listen, Miss Ma'am, I want you to know that what you did, well, you felt like maybe you were pulling me back. I am a rubber band, baby. And once you let go, taken off. I love right. that. I like that rubber band. I'm yes. gonna take that. No more. It is what it is. Blake is showing you it is what she makes it. Blake. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of BBW. You are truly a barrier-breaking woman through and through, inspirational, someone that makes any and everyone feel like they can too. Blake, Mm. I want to know where it is that we can all catch you, watch you, and just continue to be inspired by you. It's all on social, at sportblake. Instagram, Twitter, you can follow Blake Bolden, you can go on BlakeBolden.com, or you can just type it in Google, you'll find me. (laughs) Oh, you'll find her. Yes, you will. Oh, I love that. You know, when you could just say, listen, just Google me. Like, I don't even want to argue, Google me. (laughs) I want to leave all of you barrier-breaking women that are tuning in with my quote of the week, and it is, fear has two meanings. Truly, this quote is inspired by Blake. 
fear has two meanings, forget everything and run or face everything and rise. The fears yep. we don't face become our limits and the only limits that we have on this world are the ones that we put on ourselves. So remember to be authentically you. I think Blake taught us all about that today because being truly true to who you are is what's going to continue to elevate you to paths that you never even imagined. Absolutely. That was great. I love that. Thank you again, everyone, for tuning in to BBW. Make sure you subscribe, download, rate, and comment, and check out the podcast on all socials. I will catch all you BBWs later. Bye. Bye.